Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out in your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. We're over there, so give it up for Matthew. <laughs> yes, so, amen. And we've been married for 21 years. Yeah, 21 so years. High five on that. There Man, we go. Yeah. y'all know that's some work right yeah. there. But it's been bliss, hasn't it, hon? It has. Yeah. Every moment. Yes, every moment. <laughs> every moment. <laughs> every moment. Well, you know, Pastor uh, has been talking about relationships and the purpose of relationships. And what we wanted to talk about um, today is the purpose of parenting, or you could say parenting with a purpose. I don't know why. Should I stand? You're like standing. I feel oh, like sorry. I need to stand. No, you oh, don't right. have to sit. I just feel like we're like this. So one of the, <laughs> so I'm standing anyway. So uh, we, we wanted to, to kind of go through real quickly what we feel are kind of the stages of, of parenting. So if you if you have a child, uh, depending on what level they're at in their in their growth or their maturity, you, you can probably identify with some of these. So uh, we're going to go ahead and bring up the first uh, the first picture here on the screens. I feel like the fairy tale music needs to play, like the birds in the background, the angels yeah. sing, because you have your baby and you're like, oh, they just they smell like baby powder and they're so sweet, you know, and like this little bundle of joy, you know. It, it, it is, I wouldn't say, I mean, like every stage that your kid goes through is kind of the best, but this is the, this is the genesis. This is the very beginning, you know, where you have this cuddly little thing and you can lay them down when you want to and you can, you know, your, your life isn't necessarily driven by, by everything that they do or say, right? But pretty soon you come to realize this. Yeah, absolutely. And that's normally like after a year of not sleeping anyway. So then you get the toddler stage and it's just kind of more of not sleeping in a different way. So. But the good news is all that non-sleep happens at the front end, right? Yes. So you kind of get it out of the way, Yeah. right? But then after you know, after the, uh, the 6 a.m., you know, kind of toddler piece and you understand kind of what you got into, um, then, you know, maybe you end up having two kids. And uh, what, what's the saying? The first one's made out of glass, glass and the second yes. one's made out of stone. Well, and this, we're hoping she's made out of something really hard. This guy really kind of believes that right there. So he's got his eye on his. Yeah. So you got gave you two eyes and you got two kids. You still can't let, you got to keep your eyes yeah, on one kid exactly. at a time. So some things happen. Um, so you have two kids and, uh, you know, they, they can be pretty demanding, especially at that age, right? And so this, this next slide will kind of give you an indication of that. Yeah, so obviously your nickname becomes mom or dad, but your full name is mom, 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 mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And, and you really just, you know, sometimes you just need some alone time. You know, you just need five minutes alone. But oftentimes this is what's waiting outside your door. Yeah, After your those are holy minutes. moments in the bathrooms. Any moms can testify. Yes, yes. You don't really have to go to the bathroom, yes. but you go into the bathroom yes. anyway. Yes, lock in the door. That, yeah, that has a lock on that yep. door. Exactly. So, um, 
You know, you, you, in, you, you do your best that you can in raising your kids. And, you know, one of the hopes is that when you take them out in public, that they just won't embarrass you, right? But you can't always count on that. So our kids, our kids never really made it this far, but kudos to this, this little gymnastics aspiring well, boy I, right I, there. I think the reason you know? is if you look at the arm of the adult, I think that's a guy. So I don't think the wife is at the table. No, because she's locked in the bathroom, remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's still in the bathroom, yeah. And so it looks like by his hand posture, he's probably on his phone too. So he has no idea his kids are no. like stuck up in the air like that. No. But as they grow, you kind of tend to have to take a different tactic, especially in parenting when it comes to the preteen and the teen years. And here's a, here's a good example. Yeah. So any parents in the house can relate. Like, we're not necessarily condoning this, but, you I know. I like it. Yeah. I well, really like the it. The cardinal sins in our house are lying in disrespect, so the ante is definitely upped if, on I'm, those. If, if, I'm, if I'm envisioning kind of what's around that you can't see on the picture, I bet she's at her high school parking lot. Oh, uh, so that's the last time she will ever lie to her dad or go to that parking lot. Yeah. Would be my guess. I'm sure it worked. Yeah. <laughs> but at the, at the end of the day, all you can do is pray, right? And do the best that you can in, in leading your children through the different stages of life. That's right. So that's really, that's really what us as parents we're, we're wanting, is we're wanting our kids to follow Christ. And if you're not a parent in the room, we don't want you to think that this does not apply to you, because the Bible actually says in Isaiah 54, 13, and all of your spiritual children shall be disciples taught by the Lord and obedient to his will. So we, some of us are natural parents, but some of us are spiritual parents. We're all a role model to somebody. That's good. That's right. And, and so when, when we talk about parenting with a purpose, the, the last thing you want to do is raise uh, children that are religious. You, you don't want them following just religiousness, right? You want to raise a passionate Christ followers, right? And so uh, there's a couple of things that, that we think are important uh, in order to do that, in order to kind of invest and motivate your kids into that, into that passion for following Christ. In order to do that, um, you really need to invest into their eyes, into their heart, and into their ears. So their eyes, how do we capture the eyes of our children? We want to create vision. In Proverbs 29, 18, it says, Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. So I think that's a pretty powerful scripture to say that without a vision, the people perish. That's a matter of life and death. So the vision that we place before our child is so um, important. Vision actually gives us boundaries and focus. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. Well, how is he to know in the way he should go if there's not a vision put before him? So our goal as parents is to, to put before our child, this is what the word of God says, and this is what the word of God says that you are. Yeah, that's good. So, I mean, uh, you guys that work in, in the kind of the corporate environment or retail or whatever it might be, uh, the company that you work for generally has a vision statement, don't they, or a, a mission statement. And that's to make sure that, that the boundaries around everything that that company does, if it's got to fit within that vision or that mission statement. The other, the other piece uh, in, in terms of investment with 
uh, into the eyes of your kids, not only as vision, but closely coupled as identity. How many of you know that if, if you're not creating uh, identity in your child or showing them their true identity in Christ, someone else is going to show them who they are, mm-hmm. right? And so when we look at identity, I love to look back at, um, at, at the book of Genesis. And in Genesis chapter 1, uh, verses 24 through 27, and I'm not going to read all of that, but essentially it's, it's the account of God creating uh, the animals, creating the birds, creating the plants and the fish. And it, and it mentions several times after he creates one of those elements that then they produced after their kind, according to their kind. Um, and then you see following suit with that, God says, let's make man in our image. In other words, let's produce after our kind. And when he created man, um, we, we obviously, we have the ability, God-given ability to procreate, right? And when we, when we have kids, you know, they, they may resemble certain characteristics of the mother and the father, you know? Uh, got I think our kids have your feet. My feet? What's yeah. wrong with my feet? You say it with your nose I'm crinkled saying, up. What's wrong with my feet? feet? Anyway. Yeah, I got beautiful are the feet of him that bring good news. <laughs> I got some Long beautiful toes. feet. Long toes. <laughs> uh, where was I? You talking about my feet? Uh, so you have different characteristics of the mother and the father, right? And all that's good. And you may have, you may name your child junior as an example, you know, because he's a proud dad. And I'm actually not a junior, but I was named after my dad. Keith is not my first name. It's my middle name. When my mom would yell, my first name's Larry. So you guys keep that on the down low. You don't have to laugh, Alex. So, uh, so my mom would yell Larry, and of course we'd both say what, and so we had to have some distinction there. So that I got started to call by my middle name. So, but we we name our kids Junior, you know, and and we're so proud that they look like us or have mannerisms maybe like us, you know. Even the kid doesn't want to sometimes, but uh, really what we're doing is uh, we we need to we need to uh, see our kids not as a reproduction of ourselves but a reproduction of Christ. So when God made man in his image, it wasn't just us, but our kids as well are made in God's image, and that's what we need to reproduce. So we talked briefly a little bit about if we don't put a vision in front of our, excuse me, our children, someone will. So there is such a thing as mistaken identity or a blurred vision, and that really comes through social media or have you ever thought about the name of TV, television? Um, someone is going to try to tell them who they are and there's massive amounts of money that goes forth every year to try to build into the culture and to build into teenagers because they know that teenagers are the next generation so we want to make sure and put god's vision in front of our children that's right so so we talked about kind of the three areas to invest in your in your children and again it 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 can be your spiritual children or as a mentor too i mean giving giving an encouraging word and, and building into them who they are in christ um, the vision, the identity. The other thing is about um, uh, about their heart, right? So investing in their heart, and and that's a lot about relationship. You know, everything that God does is all in the context of relationship. You know, in in John chapter one, um, it talks about how Jesus was the Word made flesh and came and dwelt among us. It's about relationship. God desires to have a relationship with us. Yes, and First John three one says. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, but it 
uh, because it did not know him. So this is a really powerful scripture because before Jesus came, the term father was not really a term that they used in reference to God. But Jesus came to die on our behalf, making us sons and daughters of God and to bring that intimate relationship with the father. So everything that God does with us is through relationship. And so we want to impart that same thing with our children. Um, the key aspects of relationship are spending time, communication, and discipline. So I always think that it's so awesome that children were drawn to Jesus. I mean, have you ever thought about who children are drawn to? They're drawn to people that are fun, that like to have fun, and that like to laugh. I know just last Wednesday, we were in the youth room and after service, and uh, the music was cranked up real loud, and um, somebody's kid was in there just kind of like, wiggling a little bit, you know, and I look over and I'm like, yeah, let's do this. So I start jumping up and down, you know, and they're like, all right, yeah, let's just jump up and down. So we know that Jesus probably played a mean game of kickball, you know, he was probably a pretty awesome dude for the kids to hang around because they were always wanting to be around him. And we as parents, we want to be the same way with our children. We want to get into their world. We want to laugh with them. Um, laughter doeth good like medicine, y'all. And joy is the fruit of the spirit. Yeah, I think that the tendency can be like, you may be real comfortable with a certain age group, like you're real comfortable with like the baby stage, or you're real comfortable in getting in their world when they're in their toddler stage, you know. But as they as they grow up, and maybe it's not, but there are certain stages that maybe you feel less comfortable with because you don't really know how to engage, you know, with like if they're a teenager or a preteen, you know. For some reason, when they go from adolescence to teen, their eyes get real loose and they start rolling in their head like that. And you can tend to kind of stand off a little bit because, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want them to think I'm stupid or I don't want to embarrass them. You know what? So what? Get in there. Yeah. Get in there and get engaged with what they're doing. They, they, they love it whether, whether, they, whether they will say it or not. They need that interaction at, at every age and every step of, of their life. That's right. And the next are open lines of communication on everything. And really, this has been a huge thing in our own home because there is no topic in our home that's off limits. We've just, I mean, of course, not anything inappropriate, and y'all know what I'm talking about, but um, we want our kids to come to us and ask us questions before they go to anybody else because that way we can give them the truth. Yeah, when you have those open lines of communication, um, you don't have to necessarily ask your kids, hey, what's going on with this? Or what do you think about that? They will come to you. They'll be like, hey, I heard this. And what does this mean? And, yeah. you know, uh, sometimes you're like, uh, you know, uh, but no, it's, it's good to have because that, those, that community, when you have that relationship, that, that commun- open lines of communication will be there. Um, so the, the other element uh, of investment, um, you know, we talked about eyes, vision and identity, and we talked about heart relationship uh, are the ears. And this is really important. Um, there, there are um, statistics say 70 to 75 percent of Christian uh, youth will leave the church after graduating high school. That's a staggering number. And w- when you look at the results of that, really you can boil it down to the fact that they were not grounded enough in being able to have their faith challenged. Um, and a lot of that has to do with not just knowing uh, things about God or knowing things about the scripture, but why? 
the why becomes very important. Um, you, you could wrap it in the context of apologetics, right? Knowing why. And in addition to that, they have to have a personal relationship with Jesus, preferably before they leave your house. But that, w- that will sustain them through the um, challenges that they have, especially if they go to a, a college and uh, a secular college where uh, a lot of the agenda um, by the professors is atheistic in, in its view. And so when their faith is challenged, they'll be able to answer that. Maybe not verbally to their professor, maybe so, but maybe not. But maybe inside they're at peace with that because they've already been there, right? So the question is, how do we, how do we make that happen for our kids? And, you know, we don't have to know everything as parents. Certainly we don't know everything as parents. But the one thing we do need to be are truth seekers. And so we need to go to the word. If we don't have an answer for our kids, it's okay. You know, I know there's been times at our home where I've said, you know what, give me a day on that. And I'll go, I'll go seek it out. We'll get in the word, you know, we'll do some research, and I'll have an answer for you. So just be a truth seeker. And then not only that, but make sure that you're creating an atmosphere where the word is going forth in your home. And I remember when my kids were little, like the five minutes shut in the bathroom. Well, for me, that was getting in the van. So I'd put the kids in the van, and I would put their uh, seatbelt on. They were safe. Everybody's buckled in. Nobody's going anywhere, jumping over furniture. I mean, we're all good. And then we would put a CD in, you know. And a lot of times it was like VeggieTales. And I remember I'd rock out to Junior Asparagus, you know. And the kids would be like, Mom, not again, you know. But they were getting the word, and I was getting the word. And it was an awesome time for both of us. And sometimes those songs, I still remember some of those scripture songs, y'all. Yeah, you know. Part of what's really important is not only telling your kids, you know, stories in the Bible and about God's nature and his love for them in the context of, of uh, written scripture and, and, and the stories in the scripture. It's absolutely important and necessary. But it's also, I mean, you can, you can tell them about how God uh, parted the Red Sea, right, for, for the Israelites and everything that led up to that and why he did that. But what about your personal Red Sea moments? What about in your life what God has delivered you from? right, the things that God has shown you, creating that, uh, that story, that narrative to your kids. I mean, our testimonies, the things that we've been through, if our kids haven't lived it with us, we've told them about it, right? right, so that they have a clear indication of God's love and God's power. So it's not just the written scripture, but it's also the scripture that's in your heart and how God has, has manifested that, you know, in your life as well. Amen. So in conclusion, um, you know, you may say, I've already raised my kids. And what if you've already raised your kids and they're not following Christ? Or what if they won't even talk to you anymore? Well, we're here to encourage you today because Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. Sometimes when our children aren't following the Lord, we feel like that God won't have anything to do with them until they come back to the Lord. But you know what? The heart and the character of our God is to actually go and seek them out. And it's a powerful thing because Psalms 119.89 says, your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Second Corinthians 10.4, for the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. We've been given a mighty weapon, and that weapon is to overthrow and destroy the strongholds and the fortresses that the enemy tries to build around our kids. 
That's good. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, and I've got it written here as love them, don't leave them. And, and what I mean by that can be kind of wrapped up in Romans 2, 4. It says, or you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. So for, for you parents out there that, that um, maybe your child has already grown and, and you weren't, uh, you, you, you didn't have some of the tools or maybe you weren't even saved back then to, to raise your kids. You know, there's no expiration on this stuff that we're talking about, right? You can still, you can still build vision. You can still build identity. You can still have that relationship, uh, with them. Um, but it's important that you don't expect, um, your, your, your kid to be perfect before you will, um, approach them with the fullness of love that you have for them. Um, sometimes it's it, because of a, a concern that we don't want our kids to think we condone that. So we're just going to, you know, we're going to stand off a little bit, and that's not what God does with us, right? When we're in the middle of a mess or we're not acting the way that we should or we're living a lifestyle that's not glorifying to him, we still know that God loves us and he's right there with us. And it's important um, as parents to remember that. And, you know, one of the things that, that God put uh, on our hearts and that I would like to kind of close with is um, I, I think there may be some, um, some people, whether you're an adult or whether you're a young adult, I don't know, but maybe you feel like um, you've had to struggle a lot of your life because your parents didn't raise you the way that maybe they should have, right? And, and there's been kind of this conflict there. I believe that God can set you free from that and God can give, can, can give you what you need to be able to set that aside and to forgive them. And I believe also for parents, if you feel like you've made mistakes and you feel it, whether there's shame or whether there's guilt, I don't know, but you feel like you've made mistakes, God wants you to know that he loves you and that he forgives you, that he's there for you. And you know what, what we talked about earlier in the service with um, with its, 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 you know, uh, the victory belongs to, to Jesus. You don't have to be perfect. None of us are perfect parents. You don't have to be perfect. The victory does belong to him. And so you give that over to God and let him work those things out. We just want to pray over you guys. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.